his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH That's kind of funny. I turned my mic on so I could cough. Got it backwards, you might say. 57 degrees outside. Kind of gloomy. But I think it may brighten up as the day goes by. They're saying it will creep up to 74. 82 tomorrow, but some rain in the forecast. And thunderstorms Thursday, Friday. you know what they say whatever it is it's gonna be and uh, <laughs> there's not much we can do about it which is I don't know I, I like the um, the variety I think I've lived some places where it was just perfect all the time it gets a little bit boring really really oh. in Hawaii oh I, I mean, you'd see a storm and you'd everybody go toward the storm because they wanted to experience the difference. Oh. I I have said before that I like a good storm, good thunderstorm, rainstorm. Yeah. And I, I will watch them. I know they say don't get near windows, but when they tell you not to do something, the, the kid in me comes out uh-huh. and wants to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do I do? I go to the window and watch. <laughs> well, the allergies are better, yes? Yes. Good. Much. Yes, thank you. All right. Good to be back. You know, I don't know as I've ever really had any kind of trouble with allergies, but I certainly know many people who have. Yes, especially in this area where we have higher humidity yeah. levels. I've said before, I don't know how you can live around here and not have allergies, so you're you're lucky. If you don't have any allergies. I, none that I know of. Yeah. And um, it's not just see, this. Now, there's food I don't like, but that's different. Well, yeah, that's a distaste, yeah. taste thing. But uh, Well, it's it, May 24th, folks. You I, were going to say. Yeah, I was going to say it's not just this area. I mean. That, oh, no, no. You know, but it's it's like this region, the Midwest region. Excuse me. That has the higher humidity areas, Midwest, Mid East. But now you go to Arizona, you hear people say, "Oh man, there's no humidity out there, even though it's three thousand degrees out here. Right. We don't have any humidity." Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, today is May twenty fourth, and uh, today a free for all. In fact, unless something changes, this entire week will be free-for-alls. We do have a show ready for next week, a, a guest that is, and we may have more than that coming up. So oh, good. Okay. We'll just see how that goes. We'll be looking forward to those. But today uh, is Brother's Day. I don't have a brother, but I 
in society, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, I have lots of brothers that, um, but none none by birth or family connection. Yeah, friends that are like brothers. Yeah. We already have a caller. Let's see oh, what's going on okay. here. Good morning. Tickety poo. Tickety poo, indeed. <laughs> yeah, you talk about this allergies, man. I'm telling you, I didn't have them till I turned 39. <laughs> and, and what uh, what's what bothers you most? Ah, this the heat. Well, heating up humidity, and the way the weather keeps changing, I've got chronic bronchitis, or they call it COPD. Okay. And man, I'm telling you, it is rough. Yeah, I've heard that, but um, thankfully, knock on wood. Um, yeah, yeah, I knock my I knock on my head sometimes for wood, but <laughs> it don't work. Well, maybe we need to help you. Does it make an echo <laughs> when you knock on? Now, Scott, that's personal. Oh, all right. You're not ready to go that far yet. Well, it does, but I don't want everybody to know no, about we, it. We won't tell anybody. That. We won't tell a soul. <laughs> Nobody <keep> secret. <laughs> Nobody said a word. <laughs> now, Your David, secret is safe with I've, us. I've got a question. Is it Brew Week in June? Oh, it's Have coming up here. Let me think. Um, I don't know if if um, if um, oh shucks. Our afternoon guy over there, help Bart. Me. If Barticus were here, he would know. If if uh, A Rock were here, they would know. But I I don't have that memorized. How about this? July eighth through the sixteenth. Okay, there you found it real quick. Yeah, July eighth is usually when it begins. Well, yeah, usually it is. Yeah, I haven't paid attention to that, but July eighth this year. Wow. You can keep right on partying after July 4th, Don. At my age, the best party I got is when I hit that bed. <laughs> Even at age 39, right? You mean nightly, right? Nightly, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> now, some, one of the guys that graduated, these kids... Some of them, and I go, I go, you know, sometimes I go up town to a bar and they call me grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Which to me, that shows respect and trust. Well, it's not a bad thing. No, no. I had one, one old girl, she said, you're a dirty old man. I said, listen, girl, I take a shower every day, so don't go there. <laughs> and he came around to start laughing, howling, and she left the bar. But, you know, you've got, you always got one or two in there that's got to try to make a statement that they think they make them big. You know, the other night, I shouldn't tell this story, but I will. The other night, we went, um, well, we were going up to the historical society. They were putting on a presentation from six to eight. It was early this week, I think, or maybe the weekend. I don't know. But uh, the neighbors and I were going together, and they said, let's go to Obetti's. I haven't been to Obetti's in years. In fact, I kind of had forgotten about it. Uh-huh. Uh, 
We, you know, they fa- they basically feature hot dogs and brats, right? Right, and and fresh cut fries. Okay, and yeah, I've beans. heard I've heard people say the fries are the best, stuff like that. They're awesome. Anyway, I had a hot dog, and I'm not all that fond of hot dogs, but it was wonderful. Yeah, they do got good food. I have to say that. And while I'm sitting there, I run into Joni. Uh, Mitchell? No, no. She heads up WUB television. Joni, Joan. Well, anyway, and I hadn't seen her in years, and we had such a nice conversation. And uh-huh. um, anyway, it was just a neat place. But then I, you'd start looking around, and the uh, hot dog paraphernalia, historic stuff all around the walls. It's like a little museum all about hot dogs. Yeah, I love them sauerkraut dogs. Yeah. I don't know why I got started on this, but anyway. Talking about food, uh, I'd tell you, they got, and their their garlic cheese fries. Oh, my Lord, that's hog heaven. (laughs) Wow. We need to send someone up there and get them to tell our audience about their their good stuff. Yeah, we do. Okay. They got good baked beans, too. Have you yeah. ever had those? Um, not yet. Oh, boy. Those will get you where you need to be. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. Out of gas. <laughs> yeah. um, those are cheaper than buying gas now. Oh, my Lord. At 449 that's ridiculous. It's yeah. beyond ridiculous. They say the state average is four seventy five or something like that. Lord, yeah. this. Yeah, I tell you, I, I I hate to say it, but when Trump was in there, you had to worry about gas prices. He he kept them steady. Well, I think it would have been out of his control eventually. But anyway, um, let's see how what how we start this today with uh, partying, Don. Ohio Brew Week and oh, yes, Don being called a dirty old guy and <laughs> you know he takes a bath right. Well, they were teasing you. I hope they weren't serious. No, this girl didn't know me. Okay, that's right. And the kids around her looked at her and said, "Are you crazy?" Yeah, good for them. Yeah, yeah. They and and football players, are you linemen? Yes. But there one night talking, they said, Don, look, anybody tries to mess with you, we've got your back. There you go. There you go. That's cool. Four guys lined up, five guys lined up behind you, six foot five, over 300 pounds each. Yeah. Oh, I keep in as my friends. I'll bet. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to let you go and keep moving here. Don't tell anyone they were in the bars. Don, always good to hear your voice. Good to see y'all. Okay. Here y'all too. <laughs> see you, Don. Bye bye. Uh, May twenty fourth, as I said, today is Brothers Day. He's always good for a laugh. Yeah, I love that guy. It's National Scavenger Hunt Day. National Escargot Day. That's uh, escargot. Um, Help me. Um, Aren't they like? Uh, it's kind of a food, isn't it? I'm, oh yeah, I'm it's, a, it's a, a shell, um, like a, a snail, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like a s- seafood, something like that. 
Look it up. I, I'm on it. I think it's like a, I said it. I had the word a moment ago. Everyone out there's talking to the radio. It's this. But um, like a snail, I Yeah, think. it is snails. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, National Yucatan Shrimp Day. That sounds extra good. Aviation Maintenance Technician Day. They're ever so important. And finally, you won't bet. You'll never guess the one. this one. National Wyoming Day. Oh come on! You got to You got to put the drama in it. The effort. I did. I just didn't. Not, not hard enough. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. National Wyoming Day. That's it. And you folks know how I love to tease, but I also love Wyoming. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. On this day in history, in 1595, the nomenclature of Dighton University library appears the first printed catalog of the institutional library of an institutional library okay Leiden L-E-I-D-E-N where was that Leiden University I'm going to say L-E-I-D-E-N mm-hmm. I was going to say Germany but it's in the Netherlands it's a public research university in Leiden, Netherlands, founded in 1575 by William, Prince of Orange, as a reward to the city of Leiden for its defense against Spanish attacks. Okay, 1738, John Wesley is converted, launching the Methodist movement. Celebrated annually by Methodists as Aldersgate Day. 1844, Samuel Morse taps out what hath God wrought in the world's first telegraph message. Dots and Dashes. 1941, German battleship Bismarck sinks the British battle cruiser HMS Hood. 1,416 die. How many survivors do you think? Oh, boy. None? Three. Think of it. Yeah. And then uh, was sunk by the Bismarck. Mm-hmm. And then the Bismarck eventually was damaged by the Royal Navy. One of its uh, rudders was hit right. and would not allow it to continue forward. It just kept going in, cir- going in circles. Yeah. And the Royal Navy uh, discovered this and went in and opened fire on supposedly what was an unsinkable, huge German battleship and sunk the Bismarck. Yep. Now the last one here... Um Let's see, 1988, Section 28 passed by the Parliament in the United Kingdom. What did it do? It prohibited the promotion of homosexuality. 
That was in 1988. It was repealed in 2001, and they say again in 2004. Is that in England? Okay, famous birthdays. Bob Dylan. Today he's celebrating his 81st birthday. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. One of his big hits. He is an American singer-songwriter, often regarded as one of the greatest songwriters of all time. I would agree with that. And uh, Dylan has been a major figure in popular culture during a career spanning more than 60 years. He also had uh, hits recorded called Blowing in the Wind, Like a Rolling Stone, and Mr. Tambourine Man. All of which we play. Yes. Okay, now, let's go backwards by date. Uh, so, the oldest person we have mentioned, who, of course, is no longer living, born in 1686, died in 1736, Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit. I bet you can guess this one. I bet they can. Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit was a physicist, inventor, and scientific instrument maker. Born in Poland to a family of German extraction, he later moved to the Dutch Republic at age 15 where he spent the rest of his life and was one of the notable figures in the golden age of Dutch science and technology. And you're right, he invented the temperature scale. Next is uh, Jean Paul Marat. M-A-R-A-T. Born in 1743, died in 1793. And published his views in pamphlets, placards, and newspapers. But in a word, he was what? He was a political theorist, physician, and scientist. Let's Uh see. What was he best known for? Uh, He was a prominent figure in the French Revolution. That's what it is. Uh, The last uh, famous (coughs) birthday we have to chair is that of Queen Victoria, who was born on this date in 1819. She died in 1901. Um, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully or anything, but I look at her photograph, and when I compare the appearance of our current queen, Queen Elizabeth, um, think I would prefer to know Queen Elizabeth. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Having said that, let's, let's talk about Queen Victoria. She was the Queen of the UK, of Great Britain, and Ireland from June 1837 until her death in 1901. All right. Two famous deaths to bring up. <coughs> we do have a caller, though, so let's bring them on board first. Let me get my papers out of the way so I can see what I'm doing. Good morning. Good morning. 
Let's bring up uh, your nighttime show guide, Jim Bohannon. Mm-hmm. You have to pay to have him on your show. Well, what's your what? Do you, well, I'm sorry. What are you getting at? He's not been on for over a month, month and a half, and I just wondered he's retiring or they've been having people <coughs> guest host for a long time. Yeah, I don't know if, um, frankly, I've not, I haven't seen Jim in years. I'm just thinking he's he's cheating. Yeah, he's not. I'm not reading. I haven't been reading the trades like I used to, so I don't know if he's got an illness or if he's retiring. Or I know he got uh, inducted into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, and yes. since then he's kind of gone silent. But uh, he's not a youngster. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So let me. Um, so I'm just I'll, saying. I'll try to find. You're paying for his show. He's not on, so you're getting cheated. No, 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 no. This is a program that our networks work with us on and his um, you know his guest hosts or fill-ins and so on they're good too so um, yeah but not as good as Jim well that's just because you dig him well I I only dig parts of him okay he's a trumpet or oh my gosh Trump can do no wrong Anyway, I was just wondering, and you're using your uh, Mini Cooper to work now because of the gas prices, I bet. Well, I'm traveling a lot. So, um, oh. I'll fill you in on that in a week or two. Okay. Well, and uh, it was great seeing Scott at the fair last Wednesday, uh, the fairgrounds, and He's amazing, you know. He's able to just focus in on what he has to do when he has to talk. Well, that's the nature of our business. And I enjoyed your sidekick, uh, Carl, the last couple of days. He was a riot and a half. Really? Well, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I thought he did a nice job. He did. And also on Scott's Sentimental Journey, he says, I don't know this song, but let's all listen to it together and we'll both know it or something like that. Well, he's being perfectly honest. He's he's got a nice sense of humor too, and he does a good job on the sports thing. And he's going to be doing more and more with us. I've noticed that you picked the right guy to replace. Uh, I don't know the guy what we're next to you. Connor. Yeah. Well, is Connor ever coming back, or is Connor gone? I, I'd say. Um, he, I mean, he's still engaged with mm-hmm. us. I know that he does the morning sports show. Yeah, but he's uh, he's not likely to come back to Athens. Well, I keep listening and keep opening. Yeah, I well, I do and too. I, but I mean, you know, he he has a certain dream in mind, and he's getting closer and closer to doing that, and that's being the voice of a major major team. And after base, baseball games, you guys still sometimes don't put the. Uh, newscast on like last saturday it wasn't on at all and i glad i didn't hear it when i uh when your sunday morning guy came on barry bolin he got to working again so it was nice to hear the news and i guess what i don't think i i tell you some of these um let me try to explain it we have all these different satellites feeding us these different programming sources. 
and it takes this amazing device that changes all the time because they change these things on the satellites all the time. And they don't always do a great job of telling us. Um, but uh, we're trying our very hardest, and we apologize when that happens. I would think someone during the day, 24 hours on Saturday or whatever, someone would tune in and say, hey, is everything working? Is there news on is at the top of the hour or not? Well, I guarantee you people are listening. But even when they when it goes wrong, they're not sure how to fix it. Boy, you're a good cover man. I like that. What do you mean? You, you cover up what seems to be more glaring errors than... Oh, okay. I, well, I it's think. true. Uh, this satellite stuff is crazy. But okay. it, only, it only seems to happen on the weekend when no one's there. Well, when fewer people are here, yes. Okay. Okay, listen, okay. I got to scoot. Right. Okay. Thanks for your good words, Bye bye. Bye-bye. Okay, now... Famous deaths. We had two to do. Should I do do the newer one or the older one first? Uh, let's do older one first. Okay, Nicholas Copernicus. Ah, uh, he was an explorer. Born in fourteen seventy three. Died on this date in fifteen forty three. I think he was. He was also a mathematician, astronomer and Catholic canon who formulated a model of the universe that placed the sun rather than the earth at its center. How about that? Yes. Okay, Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington, oh, yeah. uh, one of my favorites, of course. Let me turn this thing off. Uh, Duke Ellington was born in 1899, but died on this date in 1974. Edward Kennedy, Duke Ellington, was an American composer, pianist, and leader of a jazz orchestra from 1923 through the rest of his life. Born in Washington, D.C., he was based in New York City from the mid-1920s and gained a national profile through his orchestra's appearances at the Cotton Club in Harlem. Yes. Well, Good stuff. I guess uh, it's time to turn our attention to the news. Um, President Joe Biden indicated yesterday the U.S. would militarily defend Taiwan if China were to invade the island. This occurred during a statement which uh, he made aloud. Um amid a visit to Japan. The comments appeared to depart from a decades-old policy of strategic ambiguity defining the U.S. stance toward Taiwan. The White House later clarified the country's position on Taiwan had not changed. China and Taiwan have had bitter relations since 1949. That's the year I was born. When the island broke away following China's communist revolution, Beijing views Taiwan 
as under its control, while Taiwan maintains it is a sovereign nation. While the U.S. has long supported Taiwan's independence, but has adopted a neutral stance on the question of its sovereignty. Under the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979, the U.S. is committed to ensuring Taiwan has resources to defend itself, but isn't required to involve U.S. military. Well, anxiety on the island has spiked in recent years following Beijing's crackdown in Hong Kong, which raised fears of a similar fate in Taiwan. We have a Russian diplomat who has quit that position. Let's see here. A Russian diplomat working as part of the country's mission to the United Nations resigned his post yesterday in a protest of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Boris Bondarev, who had worked for the Russian Foreign Ministry since 2002, released a scathing public statement in which he criticized President Vladimir Putin, calling the war a crime against both the Ukrainian and Russian people. Wow. Well, Moscow has not commented on Bandarov's departure or public denouncement, which is a bit unusual, I think. Yeah, to speak out against uh, state-run media like that. If I, I'm thinking that I don't think he'll want to return to Moscow. He may end up in where do they say Siberia, uh, Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. Me- yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Russia will send him there. Well, he may just go there. In related news, a 21-year-old Russian tank commander was sentenced to life in prison by a Ukrainian court after pleading guilty to killing an unarmed civilian four days into the war. The verdict capped the first war crimes trial since um, held by Ukraine against captured Russian soldiers. And finally, on the ground, Russia continued its assault on eastern Ukraine. Reports suggest Russian forces have made slow but steady gains in considering, rather, in consolidating their position in the Donbass region. Okay, change topics. COVID-19, child vaccine data. A COVID-19 vaccine regimen developed by Pfizer and partner BioNTech demonstrated 80% efficacy. Okay. Efficacy. Let's get an exact. I've heard that word so many times, but I don't know if they mean efficient or effectiveness or what. Yeah, it's... uh pretty close to that it's it's the ability to produce a desired or intended result okay 
By the way, just light rain falling here at the yeah, station I right now. Noticed I noticed that noticed. earlier. Yeah. It was beginning to sprinkle a little while ago before we started. I didn't think it was supposed to rain today, but it is. Well, there's no mention of it as I looked at the forecast. Yeah. Here. Well, going on. Um, okay, so this um, a COVID-19 vaccine regimen devo- developed by Pfizer and partner BioNTech demonstrated 80% efficacy against symptomatic infections in children aged 6 to 4. I'm sorry, 6 months to 4 years of age. The companies announced this fact yesterday. Children under 5 years old represent the last major group without access to the vaccine against the coronavirus here in the U.S., Now, the data relied on a three-dose regimen, with each dose one-tenth the amount of those administered to adults. Previous data from Moderna, which used a two-dose regimen, showed around 50% efficacy. And that was uh, primarily aimed at six months to two years of age. Anyway, following the news, federal health officials said they would convene an an outside expert panel to review the data, the next step toward emergency use authorization for young children. The age group represents about 6% of our nation's population, or about 20 million children. All right, we have about 11 minutes left. Let me put that one away. What's this one here? Oh, I've done that. Um, well, um, the New York Times. David Lenart, who does the morning report starts out by saying good morning gaff or not Biden's latest remark on Taiwan is consistent with his administration's new policy President Biden is famously imprecise speaker He sometimes makes statements that convey his emotions more than any specific policy views. Like his declaration in March that Vladimir Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. Well, our president seemed to do it again yesterday. In response to a reporter's question, President Biden said that the U.S. would take stronger military action to defend Taiwan against China than it has taken to help Ukraine fight Russia. Huh. 
if that were to happen, it could risk, of course, a broader war with China. Biden may have been just commenting another one of his gaffes. I'd like the true definition of the word gaffe. G-A-F-F-E-S. Okay. Well, I, for me, just off the top, it means another blunder or misspeaking. Let's see what the dictionary has to say. All right. If you don't mind. No, not at all. It means an unintentional act or remark causing embarrassment to its originator or a blunder. Okay. Well, anyway, again, this is the New York Times. Going on, White House aides in the room when he said it during a news conference in Tokyo alongside Japan's prime minister were surprised, according to my colleague, uh, somebody I can't pronounce here, who was there. Afterwards, the White House put out a statement claiming implausibly that Biden was restating U.S. policy. But there is reason to suspect that Biden's remarks had some strategic intent, even if they didn't mean exactly what he said. One sign is that Biden similarly hawkish comments about Taiwan last year. This is the third time Biden has said this. Good. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't like the way this was written. But I'll go on. Matthew Kronick of Georgetown University wrote yesterday, Washington is helping Beijing to not miscalculate. Today's newsletter explains uh, why U.S. policy toward Taiwan has shifted since Biden took office. Taiwan can sometimes seem like merely one of many tensions between the U.S. and China, along with tariffs, intellectual property, climate change, human rights, the Ukraine, and more. For China's leaders, however, Taiwan is singular. When Zhao Enlai, China's premier, met with Henry Kissinger back in 1971 to establish relations between the two countries, Zhao had only one focus. The U.S and the United Nations needed to stop recognizing the government in Taipei and treat Beijing as the only legitimate representative of China. That's what Zhao said. Taiwan, after all, was where the losers of China's civil war had fled after the Communist Party took over the mainland back in 1949. Kissinger and his boss, which was President Nixon at the time, 
agreed to, Zao, agreed to Zao's demands, and Nixon's successors found subtler ways to support Taiwan. The U.S. did sell arms to Taiwan's government and warned Beijing not to invade without detailing how the U.S. might respond. The policy became known as strategic ambiguity, and that uh, policy has endured. Taiwan remains, though, a prosperous democracy. Well, there's more on that if you want to look it up. I think they always do a pretty fair job. Let's see. Regarding Ukraine, Biden's string of comments about Taiwan can serve this goal. He has signaled that an invasion of Taiwan would demand a, U- a major U.S. response. At the same time, remaining vague about exactly what it would be. Biden didn't, did not say anything about sending U.S. troops to, into combat over Taiwan, and we shouldn't assume that's what he meant. Um... There are other options, for example, providing U.S.-made airplanes. Michael Crowley, who also covers international affairs, says the U.S. retains the official policy of ambiguity, but Biden's comments give it a hawkish lean. Well, there's much more, and it's all worth reading. But uh, we're getting short on time here. In politics, we've got voters in Georgia and Texas and other states that will cast ballots in primaries today. David Perdue ended his Trump-inspired campaign for governor in Georgia. The House Ethics Committee is investigating three Republicans. The Supreme Court limited inmates' ability to challenge their convictions by arguing their lawyers were ineffective. These are all different stories. The Biden administration is relying on shelters to house immigrants and avoid images of chaos at border crossings. Other big stories. A a shipment of baby formula to ease the shortage arrived in the U.S. from Europe. A formula industry has lax regulations that can allow contaminated batches to go undetected. That's not cool. Nope. A 
An inquiry showing that Southern Baptist leaders long mishandled sex abuse claims has pushed the denomination into turmoil. Southern Baptist. Police are still looking for the attacker who fatally shot a 48-year-old man on the New York City subway this week. Monkeypox is unlikely to create a pandemic, but we still hear of it occurring. Um, it's just not going to blossom into a an epidemic or a pandemic. Um, that's the feelings of the reporters at the Times. Okay. We're just about out of time. Um, let's talk about baseball. Scott, you know this stuff so much better than I do. We'll give it a shot. The Bobcats. The Bobcats are in the MAC tournament. <clears throat> I believe it is starting, uh, I think, tomorrow. So I'm going to check out the dates for sure there since we only have uh, 20 seconds left here uh, Bobcat Baseball and I, I'm not sure if we're going to have the broadcast uh, on 970 or not so yes. uh, anyway well, well, weather permitting let's put it that way yeah weather permitting if if they play yep so, so uh, we'll, we'll fill you more in yep. on that soon we're out of in our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio AM 970 and 97.1 FM WATH this is CBS News on the hour presented by indeed.com I'm Vicki Barker in London. It's Trump versus Pence in Georgia's gubernatorial primary. Former President Donald Trump is endorsing former GOP Senator David Perdue, while his former vice president's backing incumbent Brian Kemp, who famously refused to throw out Georgia's 2020 election result. Kemp is ahead in the polls. Reporter Patrick Quinn has more. If elected, David Perdue said he'd first strengthen election security. He questioned the legitimacy of these recent polls and stressed they don't account for the Trump effect. It's hard to pick up two dynamics going on in this race. One is the voter fraud issue and one is the Donald Trump influence. This race will test how sturdy is the Trump stamp of approval. Another Trump protege doing well in Arkansas. Former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to easily win a primary race, setting her up likely to win the governor's mansion in November.